We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. And away we go. Episode 435 of the Al Galdi podcast. It is Thursday, November 3rd. 2022. I know that this installment of the podcast has been especially anticipated because of the big news, but before I get to that, I do want to say something. Uh, This is something that has been on my mind for a while. Uh, It's something that I've been thinking about a lot. Uh, I'm not really sure of the best way to say this, so I'm just going to come out and say this, and hopefully you'll understand where I'm coming from in saying this. Uh, All right, here goes. Happy Thanksgiving. First off, happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Oh, yeah. Happy Thanksgiving. (laughs) Hello and welcome to maybe the most important episode of the podcast that I have ever done off a day unlike no other in the history of the Redskins slash Washington football team, slash commanders. Consider everything that happened and was happening with the commanders on Wednesday. We had the team in the midst of a three-game winning streak to get back to 500 at 4-4. Four and four. We had the team beginning its practice week for a big game against the 6-1 and one Minnesota Vikings at FedEx Field this Sunday afternoon at 1. We had the team designating edge defender Chase Young to return to practice. We had the team a day removed from the trading of corner William Jackson III to the Pittsburgh Steelers. We had the news of an arrest in the shooting of running back Brian Robinson Jr. in Washington, D.C. this past August 28th. Detectives from Washington, D.C.'s Metropolitan Police Department announced the arrest of a 17-year-old male who was 16 at the time of the shooting. Uh, He has been charged with assault with intent to rob while armed with a gun. And oh yeah, we had the news. The bombshell that the team's co-owners and co-CEOs, Dan and Tanya Snyder, are at the very least exploring a sale of the team, if not outright selling the team. They have hired Bofa Securities, a.k.a. Bank of America, quote, to consider potential 
transactions, end quote. The thing that had been said that Dan would never do, sell the team, he now officially is at least open to doing, if not outright doing. The thing that for so many has been a dream, that dream appears to be in the process of becoming reality. Like a piano falling out of the sky, nobody saw this coming. And yet here we are, and it be coming. And the possibilities of the many good things that this finally could mean for our football team are endless. It is great to be with you to discuss what may well be the single greatest piece of news in Washington, D.C. sports history. I tweeted that on Wednesday morning. This is maybe the single greatest piece of news in Washington, D.C. sports history. Depends on how you define news, right? Like, is this bigger? Is this greater than any of the Redskins' three Super Bowl wins or the Nationals winning the World Series or the Capitals winning the Stanley Cup? Depends on if you consider game results news. Uh, Also, of course, depends on if, in fact, the Snyders are selling the entirety of their ownership But I believe that they are, and I'm going to get to that and much more next segment with a proper deep dive, including the news of yet another investigation for the team. And it is this investigation that may have been the tipping point for the Snyders becoming open to selling the team. It is incredible that we're talking about this, right? The Snyders selling the commanders. That was unthinkable just 24 hours ago. Uh, Also on the show, I will talk Commanders football. Uh, Head coach Ron Rivera was at practice on Wednesday. Despite the death of his mother on Monday, uh, Ron did a post-practice press conference on Wednesday afternoon, said some powerful stuff. I'm going to play that stuff for you. Uh, I have a Chase Young segment for you. How did he look at his first practice in this uh, 21-day practice activation to hopefully come off the reserve physically unable to perform list in his recovery from the torn right ACL. You will hear from Ron and Chase on that and more, including whether Chase might play this Sunday afternoon against the Vikings. Chase did a post-practice press conference on Wednesday afternoon. Uh, And I'll get into a variety of other items regarding Commander's Vikings, including the first injury report for the game. Uh, Ron Rivera accepting the label of measuring stick game for this game. Uh, And some good stuff from quarterback Taylor Heineke at his post-practice press conference on Wednesday afternoon. Also on the show, I'll talk Wizards. Hey, Wednesday was such a good day in Washington, D.C. sports that even the Wizards won. Uh, They snapped a three-game losing streak with a 121-111 win at the Philadelphia 76ers on Wednesday evening, uh, despite the Wiz having just five made threes to the 76ers' 19. The Wiz actually made NBA history with this win on Wednesday evening, Uh, though the Wiz in this game dominated the paint. Good games for the Wizards' big three. Bradley Beal, Chris Dapps, Porzingis, and Kyle Kuzma. Welcome to this oh-so-special installment of the Al Galdi podcast, a podcast for which there is a new episode every weekday, out early each weekday, Monday through Friday. We talk Washington, D.C. area sports like no other show or podcast 
Thank you for being with us. You can tweet me at Al Galdi. You can email me, the Al Galdi podcast at yahoo.com. So much feedback to the monster news of Wednesday morning. Quote, Dan and Tanya Snyder and the Washington Commanders announced today that they have hired BOFA Securities to consider potential transactions. End quote. Tweet from Commander Chris. This means everything. It's almost hard to put into words how much this means. A tweet from Derek Mann. Al, could it be a Christmas miracle? Oh, by the way, happy Thanksgiving, everybody. A tweet from Mike. Dan should announce the plan to sell Thanksgiving week. He could make himself right. Tweet from Luke. First glimmer of long-term hope in a while. Tweet from Ashburning. I feel like a little kid on Christmas. Tweet from Jonathan Duncan. Without exaggeration, if he sells the entire team, this is going to spread seasonal joy in Washington like we have never seen before. I speak for every Washingtonian under the age of 37. The older folks might remember the winning. All I've known is the pain. Tweet from Joshua. So much for 2.2.22. It's all about (laughs) 11.2.22. Well done, Joshua. Well done. Uh, Email from Jim D. Writes, Jim, the parade down Constitution Avenue needs to be planned immediately. And another thing, Dan has hired Bofa to sell the Panthers Stadium is Bank of America Stadium. The Commanders strike again. Excellent point, Jim. Uh, That is outstanding. My friends, there is an energy. There is a joy to what is happening with our football team right now. Well, if struggles with weight loss have prevented you from experiencing the joy that you want, contact a man who is a big Commanders fan and who is tremendous at helping people lose weight in a safe, effective, and lasting way, Dr. Matthew Mintz. If you have struggled to lose weight or have lost weight and then soon put weight back on, listen up. Dr. Matthew Mintz. He is a board-certified internal medicine physician and weight loss expert in Bethesda, Maryland. Dr. Mintz understands your frustration because he himself has struggled with being overweight. You see, there's a reason that most weight loss programs fail, and that's because the human body has evolved over time to prevent you from losing weight. And while these mechanisms were protective hundreds of years ago, today these mechanisms just make weight loss extremely difficult. The solution is medical weight loss. By using prescription medications that fight the factors that prevent weight loss, Dr. Mintz will help you achieve your weight loss goals. And not only will you lose the weight, but you'll keep the weight off. And while you may have tried weight loss medications in the past, there now are newer medications that are not only safe and effective, but also can achieve nearly the same weight loss as surgery. Dr. Mintz does not use powder shakes or other special foods that you need to purchase. Instead, he uses prescription medications and personalized lifestyle changes, and he'll give you the support that you need to succeed. Uh, Dr. Mintz's medical weight loss program includes an initial in-person comprehensive evaluation, blood work, and a customized weight loss plan, in-person or virtual follow-up visits to keep you on track, a full year of phone calls and emails to answer questions or troubleshoot problems, one year of prescription medications for weight loss. Uh, The good news is that many, if not all of these things, will be covered by or reimbursable through your insurance. Dr. Matthew Mintz has been in practice for over 25 years. He serves as clinical faculty at the George Washington University School of Medicine, and he is consistently ranked as a top doctor 
by Washingtonian Magazine. He is a huge Commanders fan. He is a loyal listener of the Al Galdi podcast. If you are ready to lose your excess weight the right way, find out more about Dr. Matthew Mintz's medical weight loss program by calling 855-646-8963. That's 855-646-8963. And make sure that you tell Dr. Mintz that Al Galdi sent you. You can also visit drmintz.com. That's drmintz, M-I-N-T-Z, dot com, and click on medical weight loss. That's 855-646-8963 or drmintz.com. And make sure that you tell Dr. Mintz that Al Galdi sent you. If you would like to sponsor the Al Galdi podcast, if you would like to advertise your business or practice on the pod and reach thousands of people every episode and utilize the power of the pod, uh, hit us up. The email address is the Al Galdi podcast at yahoo.com. Well, not to start preaching religion, <laughs> uh, but November 2nd is a day of prayer and remembrance for Roman Catholics and other Christians. I myself am Catholic. Uh, November 2nd is All Souls Day. Uh, All Souls Day is a day of prayer and remembrance for the faithful departed. All Souls Day is a day of prayer and remembrance for those who have died. And I find it so appropriate that on November 2nd, 2022, on All Souls Day, 2022, it may well be that the NFL team of Washington, D.C., the Washington Commanders, started to get back the team's soul. You cannot overstate how potentially massive, how potentially seismic what came out on Wednesday morning was for the Commanders. And I am using words like may and potentially because right now, nothing is for sure. So you can't just assume that what we all want to happen is going to happen. But here's what we do know. And this has been increasingly true as this year has gone on. And this now is as true as it has ever been. What we all want to happen is closer than ever to happening. And personally, I do believe that what we all want to happen is going to happen. The commanders on Wednesday morning put out a statement confirming a report from Forbes earlier that morning that the team's co-owners and co-CEOs, Dan and Tanya Snyder, are exploring a sale of the team. Yes, I said sale of the team. What has long been arguably the single most desired thing in Washington, D.C. area sports, that thing now is officially in play. What has come up as maybe, possibly, being the endgame for all of the scandals and investigations with the team since everything erupted in July 2020, that thing now is officially in play. Read the statement, and I quote, Dan and Tanya Snyder, and the Washington Commanders announced today that they have hired BOFA Securities to consider potential transactions. The Snyders remain committed to the team, all of its employees, and its countless fans 
to putting the best product on the field and continuing the work to set the gold standard for workplaces in the NFL, end quote. Uh, BOFA, as you probably know, stands for Bank of America. The big question is what was meant by the phrase potential transactions? Are Dan and Tanya Snyder only looking to sell a portion of the team in an attempt to, say, raise needed capital for a new stadium? Or are they actually selling the entirety of their ownership of the team? Well, said a commander spokesperson on Wednesday to multiple media outlets, quote, we are exploring all options, end quote. That, my friends, is significant. There was no denial of, no squashing of, the notion of Dan and Tanya selling the entirety of their ownership of the team. The statement from the commander spokesperson made it very clear that everything is on the table. Now, is it possible that the true goal here is only a sale of a minority stake of the team, and that Dan and Tanya only want the appearance of the entirety of the team being up for sale in order to not dissuade potential buyers who might initially be turned off by not being able to buy the entirety of the team. Yes, that is possible. But here's what's also true. You almost never say that something as big as an NFL team is up for sale. Potentially, the entirety of the team is up for sale without truly being open to selling the entirety of your ownership in the team. Like, once you put that possibility out there, the possibility instantly becomes closer to being a reality. You think about who you're dealing with here. The richie riches who can afford to buy NFL teams. The richie riches aren't interested in being minority partners, okay? The richie riches are absurdly wealthy, massive ego-having people who want to own things like NFL teams outright to say nothing of why in the world would a richie rich want to be a minority partner of Dan Snyder? Like, have that work out for Dan's last group of minority partners, Dwight Shar, Robert Rothman, and Fred Smith. No, chances are Dan and Tanya Snyder truly are open to selling the entirety of their ownership of the team. I mean, this reminds me a lot of the situation with the Nationals. Uh, we this past April 11th learned that the learners had begun exploring selling at least a portion of the Nats to a new limited investor or new limited investors or just outright selling the entirety of the learners' ownership of the team. And I at the time said, if you are open to selling the entirety of your ownership of the team, then chances are you are gonna end up selling the entirety of your ownership of the team. And sure enough, every indication has been that the learners are in fact selling the entirety of their ownership of the team. It's so crazy, right? Because just a few weeks ago, we had the statement saying that the Snyders won't sell the team. Indianapolis Colts owner and CEO Jim Irsay, in a session with reporters on October 18th at the NFL Fall League meeting in Manhattan, New York, became the first NFL owner to publicly question whether Dan Snyder should remain 
as owner of the Commanders. A commander spokesperson on October 18th put out a statement in response to what Jim Irsay said. The statement included the following, quote, we are confident that when he has an opportunity to see the actual evidence in this case, Mr. Irsay will conclude that there is no reason for the Snyders to consider selling the franchise. And they won't, end quote. And they won't. We have gone from and they won't to now Dan and Tanya Snyder and the Washington Commanders announced today that they have hired Bofa Securities to consider potential transactions. Oh, what a difference a few weeks can make. So what happened here? What changed? Well, we on Wednesday evening got our answer. A report from ESPN senior writer Don Van Natta Jr. Headline, Sources, U.S. Attorney's Office Investigating Commanders Over Alleged Financial Improprieties. Uh, read the report in part, quote, The U.S. Attorney's Office in the Eastern District of Virginia has opened a criminal investigation into allegations that the Washington commanders engaged in financial improprieties Two sources familiar with the matter confirmed to ESPN on Wednesday. The sources said prosecutors are focused on several areas and that the inquiry was triggered by a letter the House Committee on Oversight and Reform sent to the Federal Trade Commission and several attorneys general in April that alleged deceptive business practices. Attorneys general in Virginia and Washington, D.C. also are investigating allegations of financial impropriety. Team spokesman Gene Medina did not immediately comment, but provided a statement from attorney John Brownlee of Holland and Knight, who represents the commanders. It is not surprising that ESPN is publishing more falsehoods based solely on anonymous sources. Given today's announcement, the statement said, we are confident that after these agencies have had a chance to review the documents and complete their work, they will come to the same conclusion as the team's internal review that these allegations are simply untrue. Asked Wednesday if the league is aware of the federal criminal investigation, NFL spokesman Brian McCarthy said, we will decline comment. The NFL in April engaged former SEC chair Mary Jo White to look into this matter, McCarthy said. The review is ongoing. End quote. Ain't no way that it's merely coincidence that the news of Dan and Tanya Snyder exploring a sale of the commanders broke on the same day that this latest report from ESPN came out. And so the financial scandal for the commanders may well be the thing that has pushed Dan to sell the team. And understand when we say financial scandal, we're no longer just talking about, say, attorneys general in Virginia and Washington, D.C. investigating allegations of financial impropriety by the team. No, we now, per this ESPN report, are talking about a federal criminal investigation. Let me say that one more time. Federal criminal investigation. You know, you wonder about what may be known here. Could it be, might it be, that Dan and Tanya Snyder have been told that there's going to be some stuff in the findings of the Mary Jo White investigation, whenever that's done, that are going to make Dan remaining as owner completely untenable? Keep this in mind 
The Mary Jo White investigation isn't just about the workplace misconduct scandal. The Mary Jo White investigation also is about the financial scandal. The Mary Jo White investigation isn't just about former Redskins employee Tiffany Johnston's allegations against Dan Snyder. The Mary Jo White investigation also is about the financial scandal. It's interesting how much NFL Commissioner Roger Goodell has emphasized the importance of the Mary Jo White investigation and has emphasized the weight that the Mary Jo White investigation will carry. And some have thought that Roger Goodell has framed the Mary Jo White investigation this way as a means of giving the NFL an out with Dan Snyder, i.e., well, the Mary Jo White investigation is done. The findings are out. The findings were X, Y, and Z. Not so bad. So Dan can stay. Maybe the reason that the Roger has so emphasized the Mary Jo White investigation is that the Roger knows that there's going to be stuff in the findings of the investigation that proved to be a death blow for the Danny as owner of the commanders. You wonder now, too, about Jim Irsay and him not only saying what he said on October 18th, but him having not at all backed down from those comments. Uh, Fox Sports NFL insider Jay Glazer on Fox NFL Sunday on October 23rd relayed a conversation that he had with Jim Ursay about Dan Snyder. And Ursay in that conversation doubled down on his comments on Dan Snyder. Then Jim Ursay told the Washington Post in a phone conversation this past Friday evening that NFL team owners must take control of the process to determine Dan Snyder's ownership status. Quote, I'm into transparency and I'm into the owners running the league, end quote. Ursay also said that he disagreed with the process that led to the July 2021 penalties against Dan Snyder in Washington. Ursay referred to the team's $10 million fine and Dan's, quote, so-called suspension, end quote. And Ursay said that he was not, quote, consulted one time, end quote. Why has Jim Irsay been out there so much? I mean, yeah, that is Jim Irsay's personality, but could it be, might it be, that Jim Irsay has known things that few others knew? Is the reason that Jim Irsay has been so out there talking about Dan Snyder that Jim Irsay knew that what came out on Wednesday morning was a coming? This was NFL insider Ian Rappaport of NFL Network and NFL.com on NFL Network's NFL Now on Wednesday. I reached out to a commander spokesperson to help me translate and help us translate what actually this means, what transactions. Is Daniel Snyder looking to sell just a small piece of the team, take on a minority partner, or would he actually finally sell the entire thing with the spokesperson said to me we are exploring all options that is extremely significant guys this is the first time that daniel snyder or anyone representing him has even acknowledged the possibility of selling the team every single other time that he has had the opportunity to uh, acknowledge this or say it or it has been all denials 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 saying that he will never sell the team this is the first time publicly that dan snyder says he may actually sell the team, and you guys know how this works. Once the door of possibility is open, there's going to be many, many people looking to kick it wide open. The interest in the commanders is going to be significant. It is going to be lucrative. There is so much here, including a potential stadium that Daniel Snyder previously had tried to get built but had no success doing it. This is the first time we can realistically talk about Daniel Snyder no longer owning the Washington Commanders. There you go. 
Uh, the sale of the commanders, to whatever extent that is happening, uh, could take a while, said NFL spokesman Brian McCarthy on Wednesday to multiple media outlets. Quote, any potential transaction would have to be presented to the NFL Finance Committee for review and require an affirmative vote by three quarters of the full membership, 24 of 32 teams, end quote. But clearly, if the commanders are for sale, there should be no shortage of buyers. NFL teams are licenses to print money. The commanders especially are a sleeping giant given their business problems, despite being in the Washington, D.C. market, which is a top 10 television market and is a market oozing with disposable income in being one of the richest markets in the country and is a market filled with major companies with millions of potential advertising dollars. Understand the numbers. Dan Snyder in May 1999 bought the Redskins in what was then known as Jack Kent Cook Stadium for $800 million. Forbes this past August 22nd had the Commanders as the sixth most valuable franchise in the NFL at $5.6 billion, a one-year increase of 33% from $800 million in May 1999 to $5.6 billion in August 2022. And consider that the commanders, even with all of their problems, are the number six most valuable franchise in the NFL per Forbes. Imagine the commanders as being a, wait for it, successful team on the field and off the field. What might the valuation of the team be at that point? What might the ranking of the team among other NFL teams in terms of franchise valuation be at that point? If you're number six right now, given everything going on, what might be the case if the team got good ownership and got good on the field and became healthy off the field? The line of Richie Riches to buy the commanders should be a mile long. And Dan and Tanya Snyder may well be able to command six, seven, eight billion dollars for the commanders. Who the heck knows? The decline of the Redskins did not start when Dan Snyder bought the team. This often gets misrepresented. The decline of the Redskins started when Joe Gibbs in March 1993 retired for the first time as Skins head coach. Things did not go well for the Skins from 1993 through 1998, and then Dan bought the team in May 1999. But make no mistake, things have gotten much worse for the team during Dan's tenure as owner. He may well be the single most disliked person in Washington, D.C. sports history. The combination of the bad product on the field and the scandals and controversies off the field has been incredible. His ownership tenure with the team isn't done yet, and you can't just assume that it will be done soon, but I do believe that his ownership tenure is ending. I do believe that the commanders are being sold and that Dan and Tanya Snyder are on their way out. In a year in which we have had a number of signs that this actual change could be coming, we're now closer than ever to that change coming. And we're now out of the phase of reports and rumors and speculation. This now is official, people. Quote, Dan and Tanya Snyder and the Washington Commanders announced today that they have hired BOFA Securities to consider potential transactions. End quote. It is time for the soul of our team 
to be reclaimed. Well, what's also true is that if you have a case, you should contact Paulson and Ace. Paulson and Ace is a Washington, D.C.-based family law firm that handles medical malpractice, personal injury, birth injury, legal malpractice, and consumer protection cases offering aggressive advocacy for victims in Washington, D.C. and West Virginia. Call 202-902-7611. And when you call, make sure that you tell Paulson and Nace that Al Galdi sent you. Paulson and Nace fights for victims of all kinds of situations, including victims of errors made during diagnosis, during surgery, or with medication, victims of injuries caused by dangerous medications or medical devices, as well as defective auto parts, victims of accidents involving cars, trucks, bikes, or motorcycles, victims of deceptive trade practices and false advertising, heck, victims of shady lawyers. If your attorney acts in bad faith, is unethical in his or her counsel, or is negligent in his or her work, you could have a claim for legal malpractice. Paulson and Nace has represented corporate clients throughout the region. If you have a case, contact Paulson and Nace. If you feel that you've been wronged, if you think that you've been wronged but aren't sure, call Paulson and Nace and schedule a no-obligation appointment. Call 202-902-7611. That's 202-902-7611. And when you call, tell Paulson and Nace that Al Galdi sent you. You can also visit PaulsonandNace.com. That's PaulsonandNace.com. And don't forget to tell Paulson and Nace that Al Galdi sent you. Paulson and Nace treats its clients with respect and dignity and wants what is best for the firm's clients. Paulson and Nace will treat you, your family, and your situation with the care and expertise that you deserve. And Paulson and Nace is excellent at what it does. Paulson and Nace has recovered millions of dollars for the sick and injured. Call 202-902-7611. That's 202-902-7611. And when you call, tell Paulson and Nace that Al Galdi sent you. Paulson and Nace, if you have a case, contact Paulson and Nace. Well, the 4-4 four and four Commanders on Wednesday began practicing for their, oh, by the way, a big game against the 6-1 and one Minnesota Vikings at FedEx Field this Sunday afternoon at 1. Commanders head coach Ron Rivera was at practice uh, despite the death of his mother, Dolores, on Monday. Uh, Ron did do a post-practice press conference on Wednesday afternoon, and yeah, Ron did get asked about the massive news on Wednesday morning, the reveal that the team's co-owners and co-CEOs, Dan and Tanya Snyder, are exploring a sale of the team. Uh, Ron's post-practice press conference on Wednesday afternoon began with the following exchange with Commander's Insider Nikki Javala of the Washington Post. I guess just first of all, um, what was your reaction when you saw the news today about um, Dan and Tanya Snyder retaining um, Bank of America to look at potential transactions for the team? Well, I don't know what that's all about, but I do know, you know, we play the Vikings come Sunday and that's kind of where I'm going to stay as far as that's concerned because that's an ownership front office question. Yeah, well, good luck getting the opportunity to ask ownership or even the front office about that question. But I don't blame Ron Rivera one bit for not wanting to talk about the ownership situation. I am sure that he knows a lot about what's going on, but it would do him zero good to start talking about what's going on, especially considering that his team is on a three-game winning streak and has this big game against the Vikings on Sunday afternoon. But that doesn't mean that Ron was not asked further about it 
the ownership situation, at least in roundabout ways. We later in the post-practice press conference on Wednesday afternoon had the following exchange with Commander's Insider Matthew Paris of the Washington Times. When you went through uh, the or when the Panthers were put up for sale in Carolina, what do you remember about that time and how, how could you take that experience to help the situation you guys are in now? I know we were getting ready to play the Packers just like we're getting ready to play the Vikings, okay? So, again, any of those questions, guys, seriously, honestly, I can't tell you, you know, what's going on or why they're doing it, um, mostly because any conversation I have with them dealing with the organization is private between the two of us. But I, uh, but I do know, um, you know, their focus behind us in terms of preparing for this week to play the Vikings. Yeah, I was just kind of curious of whether it was helpful at all mm-hmm. to go through that before. Like, oh, All right, nice. <laughs> no, no, and I appreciate you trying, but you know, again, I want to make sure the guys understand that our focus is is staying, you know, on the Vikings. Yeah, and the focus for the actual team, the coaches and players, of course, should be on the game against the Vikings. And as I've talked about previously, <laughs> the whole notion of players being distracted by the Dan Snyder stuff is way overblown. Players, generally speaking, care about playing well, care about their teams doing well and care about making money. It's not like players are at risk of not getting paid due to the Dan Snyder situation. Uh, No, they're all going to get paid just fine. And it's not like players, you know, are losing sleep and slacking in preparation and making mistakes on the field because the players are so concerned about the Dan Snyder situation. That's not how the NFL works. The players obviously are aware of what's going on. Uh, I'm sure that the players have opinions on what's going on. But Say quarterback Taylor Heineke, okay? He's focused on the Vikings' coverages and the Vikings' defensive alignments, and he's thinking about what he's going to do if he sees cover two. You know, he's not being distracted by the commander's ownership situation. The whole distraction angle for players, to me anyway, is way overblown. Now, I've mentioned that Rod Rivera was at commander's practice on Wednesday, despite his mom having passed away on Monday. Uh, This was Ron Rivera on Wednesday afternoon on his mother, Dolores Rivera. And you're going to hear Ron get choked up toward the end of the cut. You know, um, there was a... um there's a toughness about my mom, the way you know she grew up, growing up in the Salinas Valley, uh, where, where a lot of the families were, were farm-working families that worked on the farms. My grandfather worked on the farms. My grandmother did. Um, you know, and, and that was something my, my parents didn't want for my brothers and I. Um, you know, education became a real foundation of, of, of who we are. And so that was always stress. Uh, sports was the next thing. My mother loved football. My dad came from Puerto Rico, and it was baseball. But football comes from my mom's side of the family. I had a couple of uncles that, that were tremendous football players. My godfather, my Uncle Larry, was all everything. And one of the biggest compliments I got was having an, an old-timer come up to me and say, boy, you played just like your uncle. That meant a lot. Um, one of my other inspirations for football was my Uncle Bob, my mom's youngest brother. He came actually was here last week. I uh, got to see a couple of games and, and um, you know, having that part of the family here that was so instrumental in my development of football, uh, that, that was that was important. Um, my mom was very passionate about family. You know, when you move from one military base to another, um, you know, you had instant friends in terms of your brothers and, and it was always all about family, keeping the family together. And so when we moved, we moved together and, and you know, she, she took care of the household. When my dad went to Vietnam twice, in both those instances, my mom was our coach. 
you know she pitched batting practice she she did tackling drills i mean that's that's what she did and and so um if there was an inspiration in my life more so than you know admiring who my father was it was um taking from my mom you know and 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 i think that's you know um that's the um um (laughs) that's the hard part all right so very powerful stuff right there from Ron Rivera. I mean, how absurd is everything that Ron has had to deal with since officially becoming Washington's head coach on New Year's Day 2020? I mean, the book about Ron's tenure as Washington head coach is going to be a doozy, man. Uh, Here we had Ron's mom passing away on Monday, and then this huge commander's ownership news on Wednesday morning. And this, in so many ways, is just another week for Ron as Washington head coach. I mean, since he officially became Washington's head coach on New Year's Day 2020, we have had the name change, the workplace misconduct scandal, the many investigations regarding that scandal, and also the financial scandal, uh, the ownership turmoil, Ron battling cancer, the Ryan Vermillion situation, which, yes, you could argue was self-inflicted because Ryan was Ron's guy. But you also have had the DeShazer Everett Olivia Peters tragedy of last December, uh, the shooting death of Anthony Sweat, brother of edge defender Montez Sweat, last December. There are a number of other things that I could mention, but you get the idea. And now we have Ron's mom dying and the commanders being up for sale to at least some degree happening in the same week, and we're only through Wednesday of the week. (laughs) I mean, it really is something. Ron Rivera on Wednesday afternoon was asked how he is able to remain calm and in control despite everything going on around him. Here was his answer. It was a terrific answer. Take a listen. The example my mother set, you know, her husband goes to Vietnam twice, and, um, you know, she had to maintain, and that's what um, I've tried to do. You know, my father's always told me when you're in charge and all hell's breaking loose, if you're out of control, your men will be out of control. If you're in control, they'll see you and they'll have confidence that you know what you're doing. And again, Rod Rivera got emotional on Wednesday afternoon. Understandably, obviously. Uh, know this too, Rod Rivera's older brother, Mickey Rivera, died in July 2015, after a two-year battle with pancreatic cancer. There are few, if any, head coaches in the NFL as experienced at dealing with challenging non-football stuff as Ron Rivera is at this point. Here was Ron on Wednesday afternoon on if his and the team's experience in dealing with difficult non-football stuff helps the team go through other non-football stuff. I think it helps a lot. I think our guys understand, um, you know, and, and as far as they're concerned, that's the interesting portion. I think they're learning that, th- and, and I think that's helping them to get through these times. You know, we've had several players in the last couple of years that have gone through what I've gone through, and they're young men. And to watch our guys rally around one another, it's tremendous. We had a young man last year that lost his mother uh, going into the into the Raiders game, and and he didn't know what to do. And I said, look, you're going to go home and you're going to spend a week with your family and then we're going to see you in Vegas. But you got to be ready to play. So he went home, spent the week with his family, 
Uh, his coaches contacted him every night. They talked about what we put in. And his teammates called him every night. He showed up in Vegas for the heavy heart and played his butt off for us, and we won a game. Uh, I think our guys have learned how to handle these types of situations, circumstances, because of who they are as young men. And I think they rally around each other because they, uh, they trust and believe in one another. Well, that win for Washington at the Las Vegas Raiders took place last December 5th. Uh, That was the final win in Washington's four-game winning streak last season. The streak started with a win over the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at FedEx Field last November 14th. It was in that game that edge defender Chase Young suffered his torn right ACL. Well, Chase's 21-day practice window was activated on Wednesday. Yes, we also had that on Wednesday. Uh, How is Chase doing? Uh, Might he play? in this Sunday afternoon's game against the Vikings. You will hear from Chase and Ron Rivera on all of that and more after this. Well, as you surely know, internet security and privacy are major issues. Uh, A great way to ensure internet security and privacy is with a VPN. VPN stands for Virtual Private Network. A VPN is a tool that encrypts your internet traffic and hides your IP address and virtual location. A VPN significantly boosts your online privacy and security. And there's no VPN that's better than NordVPN. Uh, the setup is easy. The benefits are many. You can secure your online data from internet thieves and third parties. You won't need to worry about unsecure websites or unsecure apps anymore. You won't need to worry about being on public Wi-Fi anymore. All of your internet traffic will be routed through a remote server so you can access websites that are restricted in your country. Uh, so you can have access to sports from all over the world and can have access to, say, not just the U.S. version of Netflix, but also the United Kingdom's version of Netflix. Uh, Also, NordVPN has a threat protection feature that'll mean that you no longer have to worry about intrusive website ads and malware. Even if you download an infected file, threat protection kicks in and deletes the file before it makes a mess of your computer. And NordVPN allows you to secure up to six devices on one account. So here's what you do. Go to NordVPN.com dot com slash Al Galdi to get your subscription started. You can receive a huge discount on a two-year plan and get a free month. That's NordVPN.com slash Al Galdi. There's a 30-day money-back guarantee, so there's no risk. That's NordVPN.com slash Al Galdi. NordVPN.com slash Al Galdi. Well, if not for the Washington, D.C. sports landscape altering news on Wednesday morning that the commander's co-owners and co-CEOs, Dan and Tanya Snyder, are exploring a sale of the team, the biggest news item with the commanders on Wednesday would have been the return of edge defender Chase Young, at least to practice. Uh, His 21-day practice window finally was started. Uh, The expectation had been that Chase's 21-day practice window finally would be started the previous Wednesday, but that did not happen due to the commanders wanting 
to be extra cautious. Uh, Chase is on what is called the reserve physically unable to perform list, aka the pup list, as he recovers from his torn right ACL that was suffered in the win over the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at FedEx Field on November 14th, 2021. The commanders put Chase on the pup list on August 23rd. Chase being on the pup list, Uh, meant that he had to miss the commander's first four regular season games. We obviously are well beyond that point. He has been eligible to come off the pup list since week five. Uh, We're now in week nine. The way that coming off the pup list works is that the team starts a 21-day practice window within which a determination is made on whether the player will be moved from the pup list to the active roster. Well, Chase's practice window has begun. This was Commander's head coach Rod Rivera during his post-practice press conference on Wednesday afternoon on how Chase Young looked in Wednesday's practice. Chase looked good. He's anxious. You know, um, today was a tone it down day just because we've had a, you know, we're in the eighth week and going to the ninth week of the season. Really haven't had a true break. And so we just kind of toned it down with the guys. It's been really physical the last few weeks, too, in terms of our approach to the football game. We wanted to get these guys back a little bit. So we, you know, took the helmets, took the pads off and just really focused in on our technique today. All right. How about the man himself? Uh, Chase Young did a post-practice press conference on Wednesday afternoon. Here he was on how he felt during practice on Wednesday. Yeah, and no, I felt uh, I felt real good. I felt pretty springy. Um, obviously, we didn't have pads on or anything like that, but just getting back in motion, um, you know, all the pre-snap reads and things like that, just just feeling like a football player again. Felt good. Okay, Chase Young said that he felt springy. Always good to feel springy. Uh, so is Chase going to play in this Sunday afternoon's game against the Minnesota Vikings at FedEx Field at 1. Is it possible that Chase will play this Sunday afternoon against the Vikings? Uh, here was Ron Rivera's answer to that question on Wednesday afternoon. Um, That's probably jumping the gun. Uh, he did look good. And one of the things I've always told you guys, we'll see how he is tomorrow, how he reacts to the amount of work he had. Um, he looked quick. He looked spry. Uh, he was excited. Um, And again, we're going to follow what the trainers and doctors tell us about this. All right. Ron Rivera on Chase Young possibly playing this Sunday afternoon against the Vikings. Quote, that's probably jumping the gun. End quote. Chase Young on Wednesday afternoon was asked if he wants to play this Sunday afternoon against the Vikings and whether he believes that he will play this Sunday afternoon against the Vikings. Here's what Chase said. I ain't going to go into it. I ain't going to go into that one. But all I know is I'm sticking to my plan. I felt good today. Um, So like Coach Rivera was saying, uh, you know, it's always that next day, um, you know, how my knee is going to feel, how it's going to recover. So uh, it's really just day to day. I mean, I wanted to play in the first game. Shit. (laughs) A very good, very smart answer from Chase Young. Beat, but vague, committed to nothing, declared nothing, keeping expectations low. No all-in for week one, or I guess in this case, all-in for week nine. Nothing like that. Uh, you know, this, of course, has been a very lengthy process for Chase. Uh, he suffered the torn right ACL last November 14th. We since have come to know that this was an especially bad ACL tear. Chase, in a post-OTA practice press conference this past June 1st, revealed that a graft from his left patellar tendon had been used for his right knee, indicating that his right ACL was reconstructed and not simply repaired. Uh, NFL insider Jordan Schultz this past August 23rd tweeted that Chase's injured right leg also had included a, quote, fully ruptured patella 
end quote. Uh, Chase Young on Wednesday afternoon on his recovery. I would say uh, it was tough. I ain't going to say it wasn't tough. Um, obviously, the first injury, I, uh, I, I've, a serious injury I've had. Um, every day, just stick. It's a slow grind, real slow, um, especially when you first get surgery and, you know, I, I couldn't walk at all. I had to, everybody, somebody had to help me do everything. Um, but, you know, it, it as it progressed, um, you know, I just found out that it's, it's always light at the end of the tunnel. Um, and, you know, it get dark just so your light can shine, um, how I like to say it. But uh, my biggest inspiration, I feel like uh, number one was God. Um, I, I feel like I did a lot of soul searching while I was hurt. Um, I feel like I got closer with him. Um, but, you know. Like they said, it what he he gives his strongest te- he gives his test to his strongest soldiers. Yeah, so I feel like I'm 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 one of them, uh, and I feel like nothing can break me, um, especially when you have him. So um, yeah, yeah. I mean, and I guess the next person probably my dad. My dad he always was throwing me nuggets, um, you know, every every couple days, um, just making sure that his son was good. Um, but yeah, man, my dad my dad helped out a lot. And that was a key point that Chase Young made early in that cut that I just played for you. This torn right ACL, the first serious injury that Chase has had in his football career. Uh, It's anyone's guess how Chase will play when he makes his season debut. I would say this, though. Chase Young, linebacker Cole Holcomb, who was inactive for the Commander's 17-16 win at the Indianapolis Colts this past Sunday due to a foot sprain. Receiver Jahan Dodson, who has been inactive for each of the commander's last four games due to a hamstring injury. Tight end Logan Thomas, who for the win at the Colts returned from a three-game absence caused by a calf injury. The commanders are getting back some key players. And what those guys could mean for the second half of the team's 2022 regular season, especially with the team in the midst of a three-game winning streak, is exciting. Up next, more on the commanders, including a look at their first injury report for the game against the Vikings, and more from Ron Rivera on what went wrong for corner William Jackson III with Washington and the lessons of that experience. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. 
Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer and set of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models in dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Well, do you remember last season when Washington head coach Rod Rivera referred to the game at the Buffalo Bills in week three as a measuring stick game? (laughs) Yeah, that game did not go so well for Washington. Uh, Washington lost that game 43-21. Well, don't look now. Don't listen now. But Ron, during his post-practice press conference on Wednesday afternoon, was asked about the game for his 4-4 commanders against the 6-1 Minnesota Vikings at FedEx Field this Sunday afternoon at 1, being a measuring stick game. And he embraced that label. Uh Uh-oh, here we go again, a measuring stick game. Uh, This was Ron Rivera on Wednesday afternoon on the game against the Vikings being a measuring stick game, and also about the storyline of the commanders facing, yes, former Redskins quarterback Kirk Cousins. Well, for us, the, the the significance of this game obviously is is a measuring stick. This is a very good football team that's coming in here. You know, they're they're riding high. Uh, they have a a, a nice run, uh, win streak going, and um, it, it's it's a five game win streak. Uh, so they're playing solid football. Uh, as far as Kirk Cousins coming back, well, I think there's only three guys I, I, I've read somewhere that, that that have any knowledge of it. Um, so for the rest of us, it's interesting. Um, and I think that's that's the thing that's you know keeping us focused on on Minnesota the team. Um, I, it's a good chance for us to see where we are. It really is, and and this is what you want to measure yourself against. Yeah, hopefully Washington does not come up woefully short as it did in its last measuring stick game. By the way, regarding Kirk Cousins, uh, I am going to go in depth on how exactly he's doing with the Vikings and also what the Vikings have in their first year head coach, former Redskins offensive assistant Kevin O'Connell, with a good guest on Friday's show, episode 436, Matthew Caller. Uh, the host of an outstanding Vikings podcast, Purple Insider, with Matthew Kohler. He also is the founder of PurpleInsider.com. Matthew has a lot to say about Kirk and Kevin, uh, trust me. The Commander's Injury Report on Wednesday featured eight players, five offensive players and three defensive players. Uh, For the Commander's offense on Wednesday, receiver Jahan Dodson did not practice Uh, due to that hamstring injury that has had him inactive for each of the team's last four games. Running back J.D. McKissick did not practice due to a neck issue. Uh, Tight end Logan Thomas was a limited participant in practice due to the calf injury from which he, in the 17-16 win at the Indianapolis Colts this past Sunday, returned from a three-game absence. Uh, Tight end Cole Turner was a limited participant in practice due to the concussion that had him inactive for the win at the Colts. And center Tyler Larson was on the injury report with a back issue, but he was listed as a full participant in Wednesday's practice. By the way, for the Vikings, a key defensive player, interior defensive lineman Dalvin Tomlinson, did not practice on Wednesday due to a calf issue. Uh, For the commander's defense on Wednesday, linebacker Cole Holcomb did not practice due to the foot sprain that had him inactive for the win at the Colts. Linebacker David Mayo did not practice due to a hamstring injury, and interior defensive lineman Jonathan Allen was on the injury report with a knee ailment, but he was listed as a full participant in Wednesday's practice. Well, not on the commander's injury report 
on Wednesday because he is no longer on the Commanders, uh, was quarter William Jackson III. The Commanders on Tuesday, on what was 2022 NFL Trade Deadline Day, traded Jackson to the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, the terms of the trade, the Commanders traded Jackson and a conditional seventh-round pick in the 2025 NFL Draft to the Steelers for a conditional sixth-round pick in the 2025 NFL Draft. But the most significant aspect of the trade is that the Steelers are taking on the entirety of the rest of Jackson's contract, uh, which is a three-year, $40.5 million contract, which Washington signed Jackson as an unrestricted free agent in March 2021. I, on Wednesday's show, episode 434, talked a lot about what went wrong for Jackson with Washington and why. The team signing of him ended up being a debacle. We all know that. Uh, I also played for you and reacted to revealing comments from Ron Rivera to Commander's Insider J.P. Finley of NBC Sports Washington on Tuesday. Ron admitted to having made a big mistake, a big boo-boo in the signing of Jackson. Uh, Ron, during his post-practice press conference on Wednesday afternoon, further addressed the William Jackson the third situation. Uh, this was Ron on why he traded Jackson. Well, the biggest thing is, and, and, and I talked about it yesterday, was, you know, the, the, the evaluation we did didn't, didn't suit the fit. You know, we are a zone match defense in terms of our concept, in terms of coverage. And one of the things that, you know, we try to do is, you know, we match guys, we pass guys off, we switch play uh, coverages, um, we read coverages, we, we read through um, our man to the quarterback and to give ourselves an opportunity, you know, and, and some people felt that there would be an opportunity to take his skill set and use it to, to, to benefit us and to fit in what we do. And, and, and that's really where we were wrong in terms of the evaluation. So the big question with the commanders off the William Jackson the third fail moving forward is, are the team's evaluations of potential acquisitions going to be better? I mean, this was a complete whiff of an evaluation. Ron Rivera on Wednesday afternoon on what the commanders can learn from the William Jackson situation in terms of the team's evaluation process. Because now it's it's really you know once we talk about the skill set we talk about can that skill set be fit to what we do, and that's probably the biggest thing we learned from this. You know, hey, we made a mistake, and so instead of prolonging the mistake, you know, halfway through the year we decided to go another direction. Uh, it just so happened to coincide with his injury, and and so for us what we did was we tried to make the best of it. We gave Benjamin St. Juice the opportunity. Benjamin's done a tremendous job. Uh, Wild Goose has got an opportunity to play in, at the nickel, and, and you know with Danny Johnson got an opportunity to be elevated and back up at the nickel position. So, you know we we, we kind of like the idea of what we're trying to do in terms of fitting guys to what we do, as opposed to you know just looking at that skill set and saying that's it. And and again, as I said, that's probably where you know we were wrong. Yeah, and hearing Ron Rivera mention corners Benjamin St. Juice and Rashad Wild Goose, you're reminded of the like wild nature of Washington player personnel with Ron as the head coach in a coach-centric approach. There have been a good number of hits in terms of low-cost free agents, day two and day three draft picks, and waiver acquisitions, but there also have been some major big money misses. Uh, William Jackson the third is one. You certainly could argue that quarterback Carson Wentz is another, although who knows what the rest of this season might hold for Carson. Uh, I see and hear a lot of how Ron has been like terrible at player personnel for Washington. That's not true. Ron has been mixed. Uh, terrible is too strong. Ron has been mixed. I mean, you think about it, okay? I mean, if you are objective, 
and you look at what has transpired here. Players acquired by Washington as low-cost, unrestricted free agent signings during the Ron Rivera era include tight end Logan Thomas, running back J.D. McKissick, offensive lineman Charles Leno Jr., Cornelius Lucas, and Wes Schweitzer, corner Ronald Darby, edge defender F.A. Obata, uh, players acquired by Washington as day two and day three draft picks during the Ron Rivera era include running back Antonio Gibson, safety Cameron Curl, edge defender James Smith-Williams, right tackle Samuel Cosme, corner Benjamin St. Juice, safety Derek Forrest, uh, waiver wire acquisitions by Washington during the Ron Rivera era include edge defender Casey Tuhill, corner Rashad Wildgoose, interior defensive lineman John Ridgway. And I'm not saying that Ron Rivera has been outstanding at player personnel during his time as Washington head coach. Uh, it may well prove to be that Ron isn't good enough at player personnel as a head coach in a coach-centric approach, but there have been enough hits to where what I think is fair to say is that the results have been mixed. And what's interesting is that the hits, for the most part, lower cost, lower capital moves, including quarterback Taylor Heineke. Taylor on Wednesday afternoon did a post-practice press conference. Uh, There were two things from Taylor that stuck out to me. One was him addressing something that I think a lot of us have been wondering. I know that I have been wondering this. So Taylor was great over the commander's final two offensive drives in the win at the Colts. He was accurate. He was efficient. He was clutch. Uh, We saw the commanders over those two drives use some no huddle, go up tempo, throw the ball a lot, all with significant success. Why can't we see those things more often? Why does the offense have to move so slowly and operate so conservatively and do next to nothing for so much of the game? Taylor Heineke on Wednesday afternoon on whether he hopes that the commanders go no huddle more often or go up tempo more often in non-two-minute situations. Uh, you know, maybe, maybe not. Um, the thing is, defenses play you differently in those situations. They don't want to give up that, that big chunk yardage. So they, they're a little bit more softer. You can hit the underneath routes um, and kind of get, you know, chunks of gains like that. But you know, again, um, I'm very comfortable in those situations. Um, but again, you know, throughout the throughout the game, if it's you know ten minutes left in the second quarter, and we try and go hurry up, we might not get the same type of defense that we get in a two minute. So um, you know, it's kind of give or take there. All right, a fair answer from Taylor Heineke. I still though would like to see the Commanders go up tempo more in non two minute situations. I think that that can be a very effective way to get your quarterback in rhythm, get your offense in rhythm, and give your team like a jolt. Uh, Also with Taylor on Wednesday afternoon. So it has been said that he plays every game like it is his last game. Our receiver Terry McLaurin said that after the 23-21 win over the Green Bay Packers at FedEx Field in Week 7. This was Taylor on Wednesday afternoon on if the success that he's having at all might impact his approach of playing every game like it is his last game, considering that he is now having an NFL career, and so each game clearly is not his last game. No, I don't try and think like that. Um, you know, I th- I think my, I play my best when I do play it like it's my last playing game, um, and that's what kind of got me to this point. So, you know, why change that now? Um, you know, yeah, I think that's, you know, when I play my best, and that's kind of who I am. So I'm, uh, I'm going to keep doing that. Yeah, and I think for Taylor Heineke, that is the right approach. There is a fine line between daring and reckless, and so 
with Taylor's approach, there is going to be some bad. See his fourth quarter interception this past Sunday. But with Taylor's approach, there also is the very good, as in what we saw over those final two offensive drives for the Commanders this past Sunday. Taylor over those final two offensive drives at 12 of 14 for 151 yards and four carries for 15 yards and a touchdown. Not bad. Well, try not to shed a tear, but uh, Wednesday night was not a good night for Philadelphia sports. Uh, Yes, sorry, Philly. Uh, We in Philadelphia had the Phillies being no hit by the Houston Astros, 5-0 in Game 4 of the World Series to even the Series at 2. And we in Philadelphia had the Wizards winning at the 76ers. Uh, The Wizards improved to 4-4 with a 121-111 win at the Philadelphia 76ers on Wednesday evening. This was some win for the Wiz. Uh, A, the win snapped a three-game losing streak. B, the win came off the Wiz having just lost to the 76ers, 118-111 at Capital One Arena on Monday night. C, the Wizards won despite getting obliterated on threes. The Wizards won this game despite going just five of 21 on threes and allowing the 76ers to go 19 of 36 on threes. The Wizards per stat head became the first team in NBA regular season history to win a game in which the team made five threes or less and the opposing team made at least 19 threes. Teams had been 0 and 27 in such games. It is crazy that the Wizards won by 10 points despite getting outscored by a staggering 42 points on threes. So how and why did the Wizards win this game? Uh, Well, a few reasons. Uh, Number one, the Wizards outscored the 76ers in the paint 68-38. The Wizards were dominant in the paint. Uh, The Wizards went 40-57 on twos, including 34-43 of in the paint. Uh, The Wizards held the 76ers to just 20 of 48 on twos, including 19 of 41 in the paint. So you certainly can't praise the Wizards' three-point defense, but you can praise the Wizards' interior defense. Uh, Now, the 76ers were without Joel Embiid. He did not play due to a non-COVID illness, but he also was out for the game on Monday night, and the Wizards lost that game. And the Wizards remained without two key players. DeLon Wright out due to a grade two right hamstring strain that he suffered in the 120-99 win over the Detroit Pistons at Capital One Arena on October 25th. And Corey Kispert still has yet to play in this regular season due to a sprained left ankle. Uh, The Wizards also in this game did a very good job of generating free throws and did a good job of defending without fouling. Uh, The Wizards went 26-32 on free throws. The 76ers went 14-20 on free throws. So the Wizards outscored the Sixers by 12 points on free throws. Uh, The Wizards took care of the basketball. Uh, The Wizards had 27 assists versus eight turnovers. And the Wizards out-rebounded the 76ers 43-32. Uh, some key rebounding performances for the Wizards off the bench. Uh, Rui Hachimura in 32 minutes, 53 seconds off the bench had 10 rebounds. Uh, he did go 0 of 2 on threes and just 5 of 11 on twos, but he finished with 10 points, four assists, 
versus one turnover and a plus-minus rating of plus 14. And Denny Avdia came off the bench for a second consecutive game. 28 minutes, 48 seconds off the bench. Eight rebounds. Uh, Also had three blocks and a game-best plus-minus rating of plus 17. Also, the Wizards' big three all came through. Uh, Bradley Beal broke out of a two-game funk. He in 36 minutes, 30 seconds as a starter, went one of two on threes, 10 of 15 on twos, and six of seven on free throws, finished with 29 points and five assists versus one turnover. Chris Stapps Porzingis was very good for a second consecutive game. He was by far the Wizards' best player in the loss to the 76ers at Capital One Arena on Monday night. And the Zinger, again, was good on Wednesday evening, uh, 34 minutes, 24 seconds as a starter. He did go just one of four on threes, but he also went eight of nine on twos and 11 of 11 on free throws, finished with 30 points, nine rebounds, three blocks, and three assists versus one turnover. And Kyle Kuzma, in 31-18 as a starter, two of five on threes, six to seven on twos, finished with 18 points, eight rebounds, and four assists. He did commit four turnovers, but a good win for the Wizards. Props to them. They needed that victory. Uh, next up for the Wiz, home to the Brooklyn Nets, Friday night at seven. And that will do it for you and me for now. Keep the feedback coming. You can tweet me at Al Galdi. You can email me, the Al Galdi podcast at yahoo.com. Friday show, episode 436, will be a Football Friday extravaganza that will perhaps include much more on the Commander's co-owners and co-CEOs, Dan and Tanya Snyder, exploring a sale of the team. Who the heck knows what will break between now and the next time uh, that you and I speak. But yes, Friday show, we'll have a lot on the 4-4 four and four Commanders game against the 6-1 and one Minnesota Vikings at FedEx Field this Sunday afternoon at 1. We expect to hear from offensive coordinator Scott Turner and defensive coordinator Jack Del Rio via post-practice press conferences on Thursday. I'll have a guest on the show to talk Vikings. Matthew Caller, the host of a terrific Vikings podcast, Purple Insider with Matthew Caller. He also is the founder of purpleinsider.com. Matthew's going to discuss a variety of topics, including where we are at with the Vikings starting quarterback, former Redskins quarterback Kirk Cousins, and where we're at with the Vikings first-year head coach, former Skins offensive assistant Kevin O'Connell. Also, I'll give you my rhyming keys for a commander's win over the Vikings and a prediction for the game. Also on the show, Goldilocks for College Football Week 10, previews and picks for Maryland at Wisconsin Saturday at noon, Liberty at Arkansas Saturday afternoon at 4, Virginia home to number 17 North Carolina Saturday at at noon, Virginia Tech, home to Georgia Tech, Saturday afternoon at 12.30, and Navy at Cincinnati, Saturday afternoon at 4. And I, on Friday's show, will talk Capitals. So the Caps have a game on Thursday night at the Detroit Red Wings at 7. Have a great rest of your Thursday, and I'll talk to you on Friday. First off, happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.